This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, uh, the Ch- the Friday night preview show, because, of course, it is Friday. I am Stamford Chidge, and as ever, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. The show, not the football, I hasten to add. Uh, and to aid and abet me, uh, the my co-conspirator, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Aha. Aha. I'm, I'm feeling piratical tonight. Are you? Okay, good. You've got your pirate hound. I like that. I have, I have. I've got a black spot about myself. All right. Do you like a cheese? Not of rum. I like a bit of gouda. Okay. Are you, you, you. What's it? What's, what's the guy's name in Treasure Island? Ben Gunn. Ben Gunn. That's right. He yeah, liked yeah. cheese. He did like cheese. Yeah. Mind you, Ricky Carvalho was scared of cheese. Which kind of cheese was that? Well, I don't know. Don't you remember Sheridan Bird's hilarious the Michael Ballack diaries? Poor, poor <laughs> Ricky C. He is scared of cheese. The funniest things ever written, ever, and we know him. He's a friend of ours. How about that? Good. Yes, he is. He is. He's a he's a sweet guy. Yeah, he he actually WhatsApped me and left me a message. He's one of these people. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe the youngsters. We'll ask one of them in a minute. Can explain this for me? Why? Why people? See, I always just write messages in WhatsApp, but I know quite a few people who who basically leave a voice note, and Sheridan is one such. And he, wa- he wanted to know, and he said, this is off the record. I'm not going to tell anybody. But he said, what do you think about what's going on? And I said, it's an omni-shambles of a clusterfuck. And he said, oh, dear. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was his response. Anyway, enough of my woes. Uh, JK, who have we got on the show tonight? Just to say briefly, before I introduce the, the reprobates who you've managed... It's all right. I've, d- I've done my bit. I'll just go to sleep for a few minutes, and then uh, you can do it then. Rep- You've rounded up from the street. I don't know how these people get on the show, but they're not. Um, but um, uh, um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say because I used far too many R's in that sentence. Anyway, um, um, uh, yeah, well, one's Tony Clough and the other's Adam Newson. You know, 
what more do you want? Two stars. No, oh, I, shut up. I don't. I don't want anything more than that. That's made exactly. my evening complete. Let him get on with it, particularly Adam, who's great. Sorry, yeah, man. good to see you both. Good to see you no, both. Tony, how are you? Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's good. Good to be on. I like the, I like my Fridays uh, yeah. doing this. You uh, were the highlight of my weekend last week. Yes. Well, well we were enjoying ourselves. We in the were. Pub, we? Even though you couldn't really drink, it was still great company and great fun. And, uh, you know, and there was that, that sort of sinking feeling that we got when we decided we had to go to the ground. <laughs> we knew, um, didn't we? We just knew. You just, yeah, do you know, actually, yeah. that's not true, mate, because I, I well, remember I saying... We yeah, we were yeah. fairly up, positive in the pub. Uh, exactly, we? exactly. Not even, not even we can lose this one. It's amazing what beer can do. I mean, you know, they call, yeah. you know, like beer goggles. Beer uh, goggles. You know. I, yeah. I, get, I get beer <laughs> goggles when I'm in the pub before the game, and I, I was predicting 4-0 as I left. Yeah. I think it's I amazing. Three yeah, it's amazing what I think a few there should be a beer statistic which matches the XG, like expected beers. Expected Expect beers. Well, my expect. Like, funny enough, like like uh, like Chelsea used to be, my expected beers is always much higher than my actual beers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that just comes with age. Though, well, I'm done driving in my case, but there you go. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, Adam, how absolutely delightful to see you as always. And uh, I know that you come armed armed and dangerous tonight. You've been at the presser. <laughs> yes, I have been. Good have man. Been. Adam, we attempted to do the show without you last week, and we weren't as good. Well, we had Liam on. We had Liam, yeah. Don't you remember? No, no. <laughs> Up. <laughs> right, oh dear! Oh dear! Yeah, I, I'm, look, I'm... J.K. I'm really tired. That's my only excuse. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I am tired. I've just driven straight. I drove up to the to London today to go and have a meeting with the club. Actually, about uh, the supporters' trusts over the line mental health initiative, which is a very good thing. And uh, then I drove straight back. So I had an hour meeting, and it took me an hour and a half, over an hour and a half to get there, and two and a half hours to get back. I am officially fucked but anyway don't let that worry you right lots to talk about tonight obviously we're going to catch up on all the news not least potter's presser because we've had the, we've got the privilege of having adam on the show um and then obviously in part two we're going to talk about the spurs versus chelsea match uh but before we do that um i want to we we should do this because this is important very sad news this week that uh, motty john motson passed away now he never really broadcasted it no pun intended about the fact that he was a Chelsea supporter but he was a Chelsea supporter and 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 I mean you know I'll sit there kick the ball rolling and it'd be really good to get the boys you know memories of Motti and an appreciation of him so to speak um he you know he he was the voice of football when I was growing up him and Barry Davis and Brian Moore on the TV Peter Jones and Brian Butler on the radio and they, they, they formed your football world and bless his little heart for doing that. I actually met I met Motti once. I went to a I have no idea why I was invited to this. This was this was England's World Cup launch thing at, at Wembley. And I, I, to this day I don't know why I was invited. I don't know, can't even it was it was probably the, the World Cup that was held in Russia. I think. It might have been that one, whatever whatever year that was the other year. So I think they were bidding for that and or Qatar, weren't they? The, or the one that went to Qatar. But anyway, it was it was England's World Cup launch bid and they held it at Wembley Stadium. And to qualify why I have no idea why I was invited, as I was going up to the escalator to the, the, the Bobby Moore suite where they held it, um, all of my journalist mates were down the bottom. Clearly NFI, that's not fucking invited for those of you who don't mm. know what NFI means. 
So Rob Shepard was there, Neil, um, at, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name now, but you know, all the usual suspects from the Red Tops were there, most of whom I knew. And I, I gave them the royal the royal wave as I as I went up the escalator, leaving them all behind. And they were like, looking, what the fuck are you doing going there? We're not allowed in there. I loved it. Anyway, so I walked in there and I literally bump into David Beckham, who's like front and centre of the whole bid. And I sit down and I end up sitting next to John Motson and Harry Gration, I think, or somebody like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. But I sat next to Motti, so I had a nice chat with Motti and uh, and it was just lovely. It was because it's like meeting a, a you know somebody like a bit of a legend, a hero, really. I was more interested in the fact that I was sitting next to to, to Motti than I was in the actual launch bid, which was a bit dull, if the truth be told. But there you go. So that's my memory of Motti. Um, was Tony, he wearing a sheepskin? He was not wearing a sheepskin. No, he was wearing a jacket and a tie. As we all were. It was a suited and booted occasion. It's probably why they didn't let the journos in. Sorry, no offence, Adam. Um, anyway, um, uh, Tony, your memories of Motti. Well, I mean, I'm old enough to go back to the era that you spoke about um, when your key commentators were the likes of Brian Moore um, and uh, uh, John Motson, Barry Davis, Hugh Johns. Yeah, um, Hugh Johns. Oh, J- Hugh Johns, who seemed to be the Midlands correspondent for most of the Stoke Wolves type games or whatever, and another chap called Gerald Sinstat, yeah. as I remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they were they, they were the, the, the forefathers of modern day commentary, weren't they? Um, and none of them had felt the need to say, and it's live, um, you know, in this kind of falsetto <laughs> voice that that martin tyler does and i'm sure we'll probably look back on him when he retires well you know what in that era in that era martin tyler did uh, southern tv yes he was and 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 if you watch some of the old big matches that they rerun on itv4 you'll often find a very youthful martin tyler commentating when he was massively in the shadow of the likes of i mean brian moore was itv's key man wasn't he but john watson i always had this fond memory i mean the thing is i read this quote the other day about the fact that he he kept the the Chelsea thing quiet. He didn't keep it a secret. He just kept it quiet because he said if he was being interviewed uh, at home or whatever, um, he'd often have Barnet programs there because you know, or he'd say that he followed Barnet because he he didn't feel it would look right. The optics wouldn't be right if they could see the huge pile of Chelsea programs that he'd got from the years of going there or whatever. Um, and. Uh, I think someone said to me the other day that you know he did an enormous amount of work before every game to look into all the stats and 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 things like that. And he would walk the pitch as well. He would walk around the pitch to just try and get a feel for what was you know everything's going on. So you get the idea that he was old school perfectionist in a way, you know. And and let's face it, you know him, Barry Davis, Brian Moore, they weren't really headliners, were they? You didn't open the Sunday papers and suddenly think, oh, you do that at the weekend, do you? You know, he was just, and I, I believe I don't know if you've seen the news today, but he spent his last night before uh, the night he died in the pub having a couple of pints watching the football Lovely. in his local pub in I think it's Shelfont St Peter or somewhere like that in in, in Buckinghamshire. Um, and you know the 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 owners of the pub I think it's called the George. They just said they were so shocked because he was just in there, sat in the corner with his mates, cut the pints, and he was talking to his mates and saying, "Look, oh, I've been to this," you know, and this, just giving them the benefit. Of his knowledge, without being, uh, I mean, you're never going to point arrogance at John Motson, were you? But you know, without that kind of coming across as lording it over everybody. So I think it's a, another one of these. I, I, uh, you, our, our friend uh, Rob Haynes, you know, European Bob, 
sort of said, you know, that's another one of your yeah. childhood heroes. And I said, like, you know, along with Pele, Rackle Welch, Bernard Cribbit, I mean, it's, you know, the, I had them sitting there thinking, they're all these fucking Make people. an interesting five aside that lot, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Adam, um, sorry, Tony, yes, do carry on. I, I'll just Can I just it, make it, a point? Can I just make a point, please? Please, just a little one. The main thing about those commentators of the, that era was that they presented the the show as well. Yes. It wasn't just that they commentated on the game, because nowadays you go to a, a group of footballers or you go to the, the central guy, which happened at Sky with Richard Keyes and, um, yeah. and Fishface, um, the <laughs> footballer. <laughs> uh, Addy Gray. Um, Take uh, a boo, son. And the other Gray. But um, but then they they presented, they punted the programme. They, they were there. So not only did they commentate, they were... Um, they had all the info about the show and they they needed they were just left to their own devices. You know, you're going live now, which was a huge skill. Yeah. Unbelievably skillful, those guys. Gerald, yeah. all of Hugh Johns, Gerald Gerald's that they were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, definitely. In a period where it was effortless. And when a period, that's why they also did all that work, Tony, as you said, because yeah. of of they needed to, because they're they're going live and they're yeah. talking absolutely um. Off, off the, the moment, yeah. I'm not making any any errors. Fantastic stuff, you know. I I yeah. completely take my hat off to them. He was absolutely brilliant. Uh, you have to, one has to appreciate that these guys, all of them, really the infancy of of football. They were the infancy yeah. of football television. Were you know Wilson Home was a bit hit and miss, but even he was great because they were they were sort of you know pissing in the dark here. They never done it before. Suddenly they get into a world you know. They went, and Moore was then involved in the whole Saint and Greavesy thing when that that took off. And he but he was kind of the you know he was the the, the Vaseline in the in the setup there. He helped them. He he was he was. He, he he was the setup for them. Yeah. You, it was all finding out how to make it work, and you absolutely have to take completely, as I say, take your head off to the brilliance. Um, Motti was brilliant. Um, you know, there we are. Yeah. Sorry, I had to get in and say that. Sorry, no, Adam. It was passionate. It was lovely, actually. And and actually, you're absolutely right because you you and I know really how difficult that is, and it's a, oh. uh, it really is. Adam, I know you're a little bit younger. But than us, just a little bit. Actually, not no a lot. To be fair, a lot, yeah, a lot, yeah. Okay, I I got to admit it. I've got to wake, oh, please, wake up, yeah, wake up and smell the coffee. Um, any thoughts on Motti and that profession? Because it's it's not a million miles away from. I mean, you're part of the same family, really. It's football media we're talking about, isn't it? <coughs> mm. uh, yeah, I met him uh, once. I think it was uh, because my first ever job uh, was reporting on Barnet for the local paper in Barnet so I spent two and a bit years at Barnet and met him there uh, I thought he was a Barnet supporter for that reason um, but no he obviously he's somebody who was still commentating and I think doing most of the England World Cup games when I was very young so a lot of my early memories of football are tied up with his commentary and I think that's why so many people have have sort of thought about John Watson what he means to them is because of how many of, of their memories and their football memories are tied up uh, into his commentary. And that, I guess, is probably more than more than anything journalists who, you know, written journalists anyway, can can produce because we all, or well, a lot of us watch football on TV now and the commentators are, the you're linked to that game in, in a certain way and their, their commentary of goals of important moments are interwoven with the action that happens on the pitch. And for that reason, you know, people like John Motson and and many others will live on in people's memories for, for many, many years just because of how, say, intertwined it all is. 
Excellent. Thank you, Adam. Um, right. Okay. Let's get on with the old Potter. Pos- the pot. Hang on. Positive Potter's presser. Just to get the alliteration started early. Um, Adam, you were there. What was the question? I did read it. I didn't see it because I, I was obviously at this meeting and then driving back. What was the question you asked? I've got your report up here, actually, as I speak. So it's I not not a test, one. by the way, not a memory test. But... I didn't get one today. You didn't get a question? Uh, Martin Tyler was there. So, no, yeah. God, did he do them all then? No, he didn't do them all. He did a couple. So I was nudged down the list. Oh, uh, mate, that's shit. It is, it is what it is. So, I mean, you know, how, how how do you think it went today? Because, I mean, I'm seeing conflicting reports. I've got, I've got people steamed up because they think he's dis too cool. I don't actually think that's the case, to be honest. No. Um, and then there are people that are thinking, oh, he, he showed a bit of passion, a bit of humour, uh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And as we discussed before we went on there, there's JK who's looking for, what did he say? He said something quite technical I didn't understand. He's looking for non-sequiturs for, in which to place a gag. Am I right, JK? Oh, Chidge, you found me out. I listened. I was listening to you. I gave gave you the due respect, and I listened to you. Yes, exactly what I was doing. All right, okay. So there you go. So Adam, what was the professional's view? We're just amateurs. What do we know? My view uh, was that Potter was better today because I felt he was a bit more direct in his answers. Usually, he hides uh, a little bit behind bland platitudes to be completely honest and repeating stock phrases but i thought today look he was asked a lot of different things and he didn't try and try and swerve any of them he was quite direct with his responses to them maybe not as eloquently as jk would have liked him to be but i thought he <laughs> i thought he answered everything that was put to him very fairly um and i think this is probably the issue that graham potter has is that he does talk honestly but people see him as using excuses or or trying to hide behind reasons as to why Chelsea's form and results aren't where they should be. Um, whereas sometimes I do just think he's he's talking openly and, and trying to explain situations and trying to put context into situations. So the, the you know the example you brought up there about dissing Tuchel, which he absolutely did not do um, in the slightest, and uh, I've seen a couple of. of news organizations have run that and, and it's not fair on potter to be completely honest because he was asked a fairly mundane question um about how you blend the team together all these new players players coming back from injury but also keep winning you know how how difficult is that and he was giving a bit of a rundown of the season really so and you know he's gone over this before and i can understand why people are bored of hearing it but he did mention that he'd spoken to some players this week and and they'd mentioned that preseason was an absolute shambles, which it was, to be completely honest. I was out there for for the US tour, and I, I, I speaking to people at the tour, it was it was pretty obvious it was a mess. Tuchel came back and said it was a mess. So all Potter was doing was relaying what he'd been told, and I actually thought, to his credit, he actually went out of his way to not have a go at Thomas Tuchel. Because he was asked, what are the reasons? What are the reasons that preseason was a shambles? And he sort of said, look, I wasn't here. I'm not going to get into it. I wasn't here. All I've been told was it was a mess. And fair play to him. Because, look, if, if like we say, Tuchel comes out after preseason and goes, preseason was a shambles. And everyone's like, oh, great, great honesty from Tuchel. Love it. Potter says it and it's, oh, he's deflecting. He's trying to put attention on Tuchel. And it's not that. And, you know, it's because the results aren't where they should be that everyone wants to just jump on every little thing he says. 
And I do feel a certain level of sympathy for him because I don't think people are necessarily always being fair with him now because they are so agitated, frustrated, angry, whatever about results. It's completely blinding them to every single thing he says being the worst thing he said since the last press conference. Since the last worst thing he said. Yes. <laughs> In a way. I mean, did we get any did we get any useful information out of it? I mean, I, I think the, 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 the main takeaway I got was that everybody's fit apart from Pulisic and, and Kante, but they're actually going to be uh, training with the squad next week. Yeah, that's the, probably the biggest talking point in terms of actual news. Um, yeah, Kante was always hoped be be early, sort of early March. If he's rejoining team training next week, then you'd probably say maybe Borussia Dortmund at home. Mm. I mean, probably the thing is with Kante, you, you want him back for that game. Of course you do. But you don't want to bring him back too early. You still have to be really careful with him. And credit to Chelsea's medical team, who have come under a fair amount of stick this season. They have taken it very, very cautiously with Kante because they want him to be able to come back this time and stay fit. Yeah. They don't want him to be back for two, three weeks, have a setback. So they've tried their best to really take this as, as cautiously as they can. And yeah, back in team training next week, Pulisic back in training next week. No SP for this weekend because of the concussion protocols, which is the absolutely correct thing to be doing. Um, and then who knows? Who knows? I'd, I'd love to see Kante back for Dortmund. Whether or not it will be able to... to he, he Maybe he won't be able to start or if he's on the bench, we'll see. But just having him back would be fantastic because it's remarkable that he's played less than two games for Chelsea this season. Crazy, isn't it? JK, you wanted to pop in? Um, I, I think he would He would finish the picture wonderfully. I think. I don't think he'll ever play him in, in that. If he does come back from that game, he won't play him from the beginning. That doesn't seem to be his tendency. I just think that they're, they're, because of all the injuries, they're sort of slightly pussyfooting around. He made a comment in the press conference about... Um, uh, because they'd had three games, he, that's why he tried to be sort of um, taking the foot off the pedal this this week in training. Now I sort of get that, but at the same time, um, with Chelsea, that's the norm. So um, I, I was I was slightly, I don't know, just worried about that. It just um, I, my my fear with it all is that he he's he's. He's in the dark a bit, and he's just wandering around trying to find answers. And I, what I didn't like in, the, in the, the bit of the press conference that I was a party to was how once again he trotted out. I just really wish somebody would just speak to him, the press guy would speak to him. Do not make the same excuses every press conference that you've had the injuries, you've had the World Cup, you've had, can even mention the Newcastle game again. But it, it is what it is, JK. Hey, that's funny enough, that's what he said. And um, and uh, he also, having said we had all these injuries, he said, however, we must now talk about not the past, but the future. It's the next game. And I thought, well, then what the fuck have you just done talking about all these past games and the injuries? Come on, try to actually analyse what you're saying. I do find it an enormous problem that our manager does not have clarity of thought. I really do. It really offends me. Because I don't think he's capable then of having the same thought uh, in, in relation to what's going on on the pitch. I really think that's important. I really think it's it's the more I see him, I mean, I actually, well, I felt sorry for him because he he actually said about you know I, in, in, once again in the first half there are three things I've been having some problems with. Um, <laughs> yes, you get problems with um, mental health, 
and your family. He said, but it is what it is, he said. And clearly, I, th I got the impression that he was um, affected by this, this pressure that he's under. Actually, and what he did say is, you lot don't care in the press. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> he said, I've had this. He did say that. Within that you yeah, lot don't care. Yeah, so. you, you don't care, exactly. He said that as part of it. Yeah, but it was the same thing. He did say that bit about, I'm under this pressure. Yeah. My mental health is suffering. But it is, you know, and you just get on. And I actually felt, I felt sorry for him. I really felt sorry for him, but I just wish that he would. Um, it's all very well you saying that, uh, that. God, that sounds terribly legal. It's all very well you saying, but it's it's uh, you saying that for he, avoidance of doubt that you were being. He was more honest, but I I just wish he would stop um, using this. Every single press conference, he talks about the injuries, the unprecedented situation with the club, and I, I just uh, we. we We've, we've had it. We've had that. Let's get somewhere else. You know, let's talk about why the team aren't scoring. And when asked why the team weren't sco aren't scoring and what they'd done in training, he was specifically asked, we've done in training, he talked about we, we, we had some positive conversations. No, I want to know that you spent, you know, an hour hitting the ball in the net, Graham. I want to know about that. I want to see you constantly shooting at goal. And not Kovacic in the, in the, the pre-game, hitting the ball over the bar and laughing about it. I don't want to see that. I can't stand it. I want to see, I want to hear that, yes, we spend a lot of time volleying the ball expertly into the net, you know, rather than we had some positive conversations. He did, he did say, to be fair, and I'm not I'm not sitting here, yeah. to, I, I've not come to defend uh, Potter, but to bury him, isn't it? That's that wonderful Noel Coward quote, isn't it? I've not come to uh, bury, no, no, it, bury St. Edmunds, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but yes, it should be mother. It's the Shakespeare. I, I always preferred Bugger Bogner, really, but there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. That, he, that was George, George the, the, the fifth, wasn't it? I think that. it might have been. But anyway, uh, Potter the first said uh, that he had been working on some things, uh, you know, with the strikers in terms of goal scoring and all the rest of it. But he didn't want to tell anybody or the press boys what it was because <laughs> it would it would give Spurs an advantage, didn't he, Adam? He did. He did. Yeah, and you know, we we were having this conversation before we we sort of went live but Graham Potter cannot finish the chances for players that is ultimately the player's responsibility he can create a system which can ensure Chelsea have more chances so there's the, the proper balance of probabilities in their favour but he cannot physically finish these off and you can argue maybe the structure is more based on individuality at the moment than a collective uh, approach of getting the ball forward and chances but Chelsea have had chances in the last few games and it's, it's, Graham Potter can't do much more to make them finish those chances. I do think it's interesting, Jake, what you're saying about the, uh, the, the the days off. Because I do think Potter's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't on that front. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if he got them all in after the Southampton defeat, trained them hard for two days and then Reese picks up an injury, then everyone be like, why, why, would, you, why would you have Reese in? Why would, you, why would you do that? Why would you, why would you push Thiago Silva? He's, he's 38 years old. This is what I mean. I think everything Potter does is seen in this negative light rather than going, OK, look, we've had our injuries this season. Potter's trying to work with the medical team to negate those going forward and, and making sure players have recovery days and time off. It's seen as a bad thing. So that's why I, I'm, not, I'm not out here just to defend Graham Potter because I, I genuinely think, and I've spoken to, about, to you guys about it, I think there are aspects of this job that he hasn't done brilliantly at so far and obviously the results are absolutely abysmal um 
but I don't think that's what I mean. I don't think he's not the worst head coach Chelsea have ever had. JK, I will defer to you. As Hands player. up all those who think it was Danny Blanchflower. Or Jeff Hurst. Well, I think Danny, no, because Jeff Hurst had us up the top before it all went tits up. Danny yeah. Blanchflower was rubbish from day one. He had the players training without a football, don't you remember? That's what he used to do himself. I'd say Avram Grant, but I don't think he really had much to do with any of it anyway. And then he just <laughs> handed it over to JT, didn't he? Yeah, that, that, that was good management, actually, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, seriously, I actually think, you know what? Fair play, fair play to Average Grant. He thought, who knows more about getting the best out of these players than me? Oh, I know, JT. I'll tell you what, I'll just sit back and pretend to be the manager and I'll let... And they got to a bloody <laughs> Champions League final. So he's clearly not as stupid as he looked. Baron Greenback, but there you go. The key to management is delegation. Absolutely. Yeah. It's knowing when you're out of your depth, isn't it? And I fear that that's the problem with Potter. Here we go. Here's a few questions for you boys. Uh, Tony, we haven't heard from you for a while. Um, are you waiting for Ricardo still? No, no, no. no. Uh, that was my wife and daughter <laughs> coming back in. And then we've got someone delivering a moped tonight. Is that for you? No, it's a surprise birthday present for one of our friends boys i hope they're not uh, listening to the show man I, I cleared some space in the garage so i could have some space in my garage and the minute i clear space in the garage had them find something to put in there oh. temporarily to store in there yeah. uh, and then we have got our cardo coming so yes so there you go there you go, <laughs> there you go everybody welcome to the uh lifestyles of the rich and shameless of of east hampshire yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah sorry what was you gonna say I mean, I was, I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what i was gonna say i'm gonna say the obvious thing right uh, because we all know what the answer to this is, but I, I, I'm going to ask the question anyway, because that's what my job is. I'm here to ask the stupid questions. What does Potter need to do to turn this around, Tony? And just to expand on that, what happens if he wins the next three matches, which we all think are crucial, and what happens if he loses the next three matches? Well, I mean, the, the answer to that is exactly what he said today, which when he was asked a similar question was, he's got to start winning games. Mm. Right, that was that was his answer in the press conference, and I agree. I think I, I walked out of the ground last Saturday. Uh, I was fully on the Potter out bandwagon, uh, hashtagging it all over the place. I only did one post-match CFC observation, I think, because I was just so furious with what I just watched, uh, and 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 the days when it ruined my weekend have long gone. You know, that's that's one of the beauties of being a legacy fan and having seen all the bad and all the good that you know no longer bollocks is my weekend up but um, having calmed down and looked at it rationally and A, the club aren't going to get rid of him so there's no point in even thinking um, you know that that's the case Um, a lot of it is on the players at the end of the day um, you know these players know where the goal is they know when they get a clear shooting opportunity they know that if the keeper saves it he might spill it to somebody else and yet they still refuse to do it and it pisses me right off when I see players dancing around like fucking show ponies in a dressage competition on the edge of the box looking for an extra fucking pass to someone who isn't there. Yeah? Put some fucking leather behind it. Have it, as Peter Kay's advert used to say. <laughs> and I'm just sick and tired of it. I, I mean, there's all this lovely bollocks going on about this lovely tippy-tappy, ticky-tack of football. And sometimes just fucking stick the boot behind the ball. You know, sometimes old football was good because it was exciting and, and great to watch. And people scored goals who weren't expected to score goals because they weren't scared to have a shot. Ronnie Radford. Well, they weren't, yeah. They weren't worried about whether their stats would be affected. Yeah. You know, when, when, when Ox had come out with all their post-match bollocks or whatever. 
So I think there was a little bit of that. It was frustrating to watch. Um, and I think Potter, he's damned. I agree with Adam. He's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. If people are just going to look at his press conference and go, well, let's pick up. Let's first of all, I'm getting pissed off with all these Twitter idiots giving it the old, well, you know what? He's had a go at Tuchel. They didn't even mention Tuchel, right? And if you thought he, he did the, the pre-season was chaotic, I think was the word he used or whatever, yeah. He was right. Look at the pissing results that we got, right? Then look at the beginning of the season we had under Tuchel. That football was stultifyingly boring. And we were on the verge of not qualifying out of the Champions League. But we did because he took over us and got us through that. So it's not all bad. I actually think that he, if he wins the next three games or he loses the next three games, nothing changes apart from the fury of the fans. I think if he wins the next three games, and I'll go back to the Conti days, right, when we were utterly, utterly shit until the Arsenal, actually in the Arsenal game as well, up until half-time. Remember when we were 3-0 down? Yeah. And he obviously went half-time and said, I've had enough of this now. Right, and um, I didn't. We still lost the game three nil, I think, but we didn't concede another one. And then we went. On we drew, we drew the second half nil nil, mate. Yes. I was there. And then from that point, was it 13, 14 game winning streak? Now, what if what if that happened? Now, yeah, we'd all a lot of people, including me, who've been on the Potter out bandwagon, would be. It, can you listen to that noise outside? That's the that's the sound of the humble pie lorry pulling up outside my house, about to deliver me a great big slice. He he. he this is a new regime. Okay, so it isn't what um, uh, it isn't what Roman did. They get these people, and I know we're going to talk about the, the, the structure of the club later on or whatever. But for me, Potter, it, we're going to get it done on Sunday. Tottenham, I, I just can't, can't see us turning around a performance like that from last week. I don't see the anger there. I don't see a leader on the pitch. I don't. Thiago Silva, great player, not a leader for me. Right, he, he he's just not vocal enough. The experience is there, yeah, great, and he's intelligent, but he's not a leader, and that's what we have been missing passionately from it. As Pilicueta is a nice guy, not a leader. Okay, we're missing a kind that, and I'm not saying, that, but John Terry, Dennis Wise, that kind of narky bastard, bloody captain that we used to have before. Somebody who wasn't scared to have a go at the players on the pitch, his own team wasn't scared to get in the referee's face, wasn't scared to do a bit of shit or whatever. And we've turned into this nice guy, tippy-tappy fairy team. And I'm hoping the Potter turns around. Now, I thought his press conference, I'm with Adam on this one, I thought his press conference today was better. I think if he needs to, you know, a win on Sunday, almost will erase Southampton at home defeat. Especially if you win in style. If we go there and give them a bloody good tanking, um, uh, then, then great. I don't see it. That, but my heart says I'd love to see it, but of course my, the logic side of me says absolutely not going to happen because you know they've hit a bit of form under their temporary leadership um, while Conti's recovering from his from his operation or whatever. So um, I, I, I think the, the American phrase is punted. I think we've already punted this season. Mm. I believe that's the phrase they use for when they just basically go, "Let's mm. we'll just fucking piss around." Uh, and I think that's what we've done. And I think that may be even what the board. And Potter have said, you know, we are punting the season mm. because, as Karen Carney said, that we haven't bought all these players for this season. Yeah, it's the future, and there'll well, be a clear out in the summer. I think so. Even I will be critical of myself for hitting the Potter out bandwagon. I'm still, I, I, I've now moved into the area. I'm now fifty-two forty-eight. The magic ratio, the yeah. Brexit ratio. I'm now fifty-two percent thinking he's not the right man for the job. 
Okay. I'd rather, I wish they'd punt the ball into the net, Tony, rather than punt yes, the season. JK, what do you reckon? Um, you know, how does he turn it around? Is it is it really is it really as simple as winning the next three games? Because they, you know, we hate Spurs, we hate Leeds, we hate losing to either, and yes. and um, you know that I think that will. I mean, you know, come on, supporters, we really are that fickle that basically, if you win, we like you; if you lose, we hate you. I think the original question you asked was. Um... Uh, about um, what would happen if he won all three. And yeah, what, what happen happens if he wins or loses lost, the next three? He lost, he lost all three and th- nothing will happen at all. No. It will be exactly the same. Um, well, he won't lose won't... his job, but I mean, what about the supporters? Will they get, you know, pitchforks and torches at the gates of Stamford Bridge? If they lose all three, I mean, what we normally discuss with this is normally, you know, you draw one of them and there's a kind of bit of less moaning, but... Um, um, uh, the chances at the moment of us scoring are so slim, aren't they? That um, uh, it's unlikely that unless something just happens that is is what um, we haven't been used to at all recently. And once again, it's down to his team selection. Um, I, I, will he choose a I, proper? I, I didn't. I didn't ask what will happen, as in what, what what's going to happen in the matches. <clears throat> Either they, if let's say they lose three, what happens then? If they win three, what happens? And I'm not talking about him getting sacked because we know he nothing, won't. Nothing happens other than that the the fan base gets even more toxic. But if we win all three, will will it will it will it change at all? Will it get a bit softer on him? Of course it would. Yeah, naturally. Of it is it that would. binary, isn't it? I think that's the yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you would still. Well, it depends also the the way that they do it. But yeah, if they win all three, but you know, I actually think. Um, uh, the most important is the Dortmund game, and and I I'm I will get onto this, but I, and you were talking about selection, and I think there, I think selection is actually involved heavily into this whole next three games, because um, uh, if he chooses a weakened side and loses, then there will be even more hatred. You know, because well, people he can't afford to pick a weakened side if, from our point of view in uh, any of these three games. No, but I, I think he will because I think. Well, he then he'll so get a program and he'll deserve it. Uh, yeah, but I think he'd get if if not picking a proper side for the Southampton game is anything to go by to give them a rest because he'd been advised. I wouldn't be surprised. We're going to see some very strange selections. Oh, be interesting, uh, Adam. Um, what do you think? You, you've got a slightly different perspective, I suspect. But uh, I mean, let, let's—I I think both, all three of us have said so far. If he loses the next three, he's still going to be there because I think that's what the club have said. So it's really more to do with the the atmosphere, and I think you know you you have an important role to play in that. You know, you report on it in a sense. So if he wins, will that change? If he loses, will it get worse and will it be more toxic? Will it actually become a kind of a an unstoppable wave, as it were. Oh yeah, if they lose, I think if they lose to Tottenham, it will be horrible for him. As as bad as it was after Southampton losing to Tottenham, any Chelsea fan will tell you that's unacceptable. Yeah, cardinal sin. If, if the team's playing well, let alone in the state they're in at the moment. So, I think Tottenham's massive. I don't think they'll win the, all of the next three. Uh, maybe they don't have to as long as they don't lose against Spurs uh, is probably you take that I I, yeah all the all the wording at the club at the moment is Potter's job is still secure but you know the, the ownership pay attention you know they're, they're not sitting maybe 
perhaps a little bit more like Roman. They're not sitting completely detached away from what the fans are feeling. They know what the fans are feeling and, and they do have their ear to the ground on that. And, and you, you know for well, like the toxicity of, of social media, especially, it's getting increasingly worse and worse, which is a societal thing, not just a football thing. It's hard to block all that noise out. Even in, as best you try, as, as much as you want to say, it's very difficult to silence that. And when it's and when it sort of permeates into the match-going fans, as we saw against Southampton, if Chelsea were to lose against Leeds, if Chelsea lose against Dortmund, the owners will be at these games. And if you hear that visceral reaction to a defeat, it it is hard to then stay tr true to your convictions. I think personally they have to because not even Roman sacked two head coaches in one season. So <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I think they have to stay true. They made the decision to sack two call, rightly or wrongly. They then decided to bring Graham Potter. He is their choice. If you then sack him six months into telling the world it's a long-term project, this is a different Chelsea, different culture, you cannot then turn around and sack the guy you brought in because you lose credibility mm. and people won't buy into what you're trying to do. There is an element of buy-in still among Chelsea supporters, I feel, to this idea of a longer-term project. Maybe people, well, maybe, definitely people don't agree that Potter's maybe the right person to lead them. Right project, but, wrong project manager. He is their person. For good and bad, he's their person. To then suddenly up to change that, I think, doesn't go down well for me on, on their part. I, I think it impacts them and their authority and their ability to drive this forward. So we'll see how the next three games go. If Chelsea win them all, things will look a bit better, I'm sure. I, I think I think they can't win either way, actually, Adam, because I think it, 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 it demeans their authority if they keep a manager who ultimately is not going to be the right guy when many of us have said he's not the right guy and they just look, they just look weak and stubborn and uh, myopic if they don't act. So actually, you know, I think it was you, wasn't it, who said earlier, Potter's damned if he does and if he's damned if he, if he doesn't. I think, you know, the Bowley regime are damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. But I do have to say, it be interesting to see if you agree with this, um, I think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're very culpable for the mess that we're in at the moment. They've chosen to rip it all up and start again. Yeah, I think I read the piece in The Athletic and I think Liam wrote it and put it very well that they have taken the path of most resistance mm. um, this season. They are trying to... <laughs> they're trying to do a complete revamp of a football club, which would probably take two or three years in if you were doing it to a longer-term plan. They've tried to do it in... What are we nine months since the club was put up for sale or, or sold? Sorry, so they're trying to go things at rapid pace. Part of that is because they are ambitious and they want the club to be successful. So they're trying to to get it all in place as quickly as they possibly can. Another part of that is obviously now FIFA have, have sort of intervened and UEFA. I can't remember which one it is have intervened with the amortisation and have changed that. So there, there was a notice in January to then go out and do probably more signings than anticipated. So. They are trying to do things at a very quick pace and there are probably going to be missteps along the way because of that. But I I don't want to sound like an apologist for them. And I get accused of being a PR person for everybody. So, you know. <laughs> but never us. But never that. us, Adam. You're no, never accused no. of being a PR apologist. For I think it's about time you started, mate. I'm sorry. but you know. <laughs> They've got... <clears throat> excuse me. 
they've got the recruitment structure they wanted now that's in place they're doing a lot of work to improve the training ground they're going to work on the stadium we know that the team they put a lot of money into yes it's not where they want it to be and there'll be more change in the summer more players coming in more players going out but they're working towards that they they are being proactive in trying to get the club into the shape that they feel it needs to be in are they getting it all right no do they have the right intentions i still think yes mm. cool jk on this route which i agree with you completely i think they're going to take and they are taking uh, i think we're going to see people leave the club who um we have affection for and uh, who aren't working at the moment within this setup within the environment and um will carry on and have excellent careers elsewhere um i just think that's inevitable i think there are some who aren't aren't just it isn't it isn't happening for them within this environment and i think Beeson is one of them and i think there's a coincidence that not not only has he come upon his worst his worst um, spell of form I think due to being possibly playing too much football, but I think he's struggling knowing where on earth he's playing. I think the example of him playing the other day against Saints on the left and then suddenly <clears throat> striker and not really having any, it didn't help Mudrik and Mudrik didn't help him and it not working at all for him, I thought was indicative of his, his looking a lot, a very lost soul. And I think there'll be some, some collateral damage with some of the well, players. I, I fear that you're right. And it'll be a lot of the academy boys that are, you know, going to be the ones that that suffer, and I mean, the 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 most annoying thing about, I mean, obviously that you know, as 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 uh, Chelsea supporters, we're we're so you know, we grew up with wanting people to come through the youth and all the rest of it, but of course, there's a massively huge business case for selling them too, because you make such a ton of profit by doing so. So, I fear for that. That Jonathan is, I think, a topic we need to really do, uh, but do it justice to. So I'm probably can't really tonight, but uh, it's a very good point. Uh, right, we're going to go for a break in a sec. Before we do, before we do, uh, my uh, usual plug for uh, for a couple of things that are dear to my heart. The first is uh, we've got another Chelsea fancast and the Troubadour Presents uh, gig coming up. Uh, an afternoon with Paul Canners Cannibal, uh, one of our absolute favourite, favourite, favourite ex-players. He's been on the show more times than any other ex-player. So we're we're honoured to have Paul come along and talk to us on March the 5th, Sunday, March the 5th. At the Troubadour Club, which is in Old Brompton Road. Tickets are 20 quid, uh, plus a couple of quid booking fee, I think. And uh, you can get them from ticketweb.uk. Doors will open at half past two. We'll get going about three. We'll be looking back at the Leeds game, which happens the day before. And then there'll be a live Q&A with with Paul. And you can have a chat with him, meet him. And uh, if it's anything like the one we had with Cundy, we all sloped off to the pub next door afterwards and carried it on. So uh, they really are good fun. You haven't made it yet, have you, Tony? Uh, no, I haven't. And uh, It's a long way sure. for you, to be fair. Yeah, I'm not sure if that I'll be coming to that one, but you never know. I mean, it's the day before I go on my holidays. So, mm, I think not, uh, mate. Missus, I my, think my I've... missus might be standing there with a... I think uh, she'd be coming after me with a pitchfork if... Uh... Yes, and a, rolling pin, and a rolling pin to insert in me somewhere. Yeah, so there we go. Um, Adam, I don't know if you've made it along to any of these, have you? Yes, you're most welcome. I might even put you on the guest list. Usually busy, though, aren't they, post-match? Well, this is a day after the match. Although, of course, annoyingly, no. it clashes with the Conti Cup final. Right. So you might be on right. duty at that. I'm not sure yet. Okay, well, you're most welcome to come along. If you do want to, let me know. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I'll just. I'll, I'll say that you can come in as press. 
you can be on you can be on jk's personal guest list which is usually larger than the capacity of the venue which is only about 50 people really he can be my personal assistant he can he can can't he he can transcribe everything that you say anyway (laughs) you say no i probably can't actually Brilliant. You're most welcome anyway, Adam. As are all of you who are listening, we'd love to see as many of you as we can. A lot, lot of the fan casters are usually there, so it's a lovely time to like kind of you know meet people that we haven't met before, have a few drinks with them. Uh, they are great fun. Now, the second thing that's close to my heart, of course, is the big Stamford Bridge Sleepout, which is on sun, Saturday, March the 25th, uh, and it will be held at Stamford Bridge, obviously, and it's in aid of the Stoll uh, Foundation, who are our next-door neighbours and look after... Uh, war veterans or army veterans who have fallen on hard times, homeless, got mental health issues and that kind of thing. And uh, as I said, I will be there in person this time because actually hitherto I've, I've, had, to st- I've had to stay at home and uh, and because I've been doing my little tales from the shed around the, around the fire pit. But I'm going to pre-record that this year so I can be at the actual event. But we're hoping for a few ex-players and lovely people to be there. Um, so there we go. I'm looking forward to that. Now, um, Obviously, I'd love you to sponsor me. If you want to do that, go to justgiving.com uh, forward slash David Chigi one, I believe. But it's uh, I, I, you know, pinned it on my Twitter feed and stuff like that. And there is already a whole swathe of you who have been incredibly lovely and have donated already. And the role of honour so far is Tony Skeen, David Lotzer, Carol Hope, Philip, Daryl Middleditch, Trey Bertelson, Pierre, uh, Chad Harris, Brian Justman and Benji, all of whom are absolute fucking legends. So thank you. Uh, I, I've not worked out how to actually thank people personally on Just Giving, so I'm going to have to rely on this medium to do so. But I will add you to the roll of honour if you if you, uh, if you you sponsor me. But thank you, you lot. You, you're absolutely lovely. I'm, I'm very humbled by your support and your generosity. So there you go. Right, we will be back in a minute to preview the Spurs versus Chelsea game. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com dot com forward slash Chelsea fancast. There's no risk with Nord's thirty day money back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, eighteen plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. 
Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show with me, Stanford Chidge, and him down there, Mr. Mister Jonathan Kidd. Ahar. Ahar, me hearties. And uh, we've got the absolutely wonderful Tony Glover with us. Lovely, always lovely seeing Tony. You're, hey, uh, you're better um, half behind you. Yeah, Be- behind you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I was about to say, yeah. she's behind you. True yeah, yeah, she's, she's, just, she's just coming to tell me that. Give her a big kiss from me. I love Helen, so there you go. <laughs> All right, good to see you. And Helen is better half. And uh, yes. last but by no means least, the fantastic Adam Newson, uh, Football London's chief Chelsea correspondent. Isn't that right? It is indeed. There you go. Well done, mate. Well done for staying for part two, Adam. We're 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 royally right. royally privileged tonight. Now, um, I think Adam's uh, stayed with us for for part two in the past, so he'll know as well as anybody that it it starts with my oh so hilarious team selection. Um, I actually hedged my bets last week and, and went for two and kind of the, my agglomeration was kind of right. This is what I've gone for this week. This is on the basis that I think we kind of really need to start playing our, our best team. Uh, and, and I'll talk about this. Well, I'll talk about it now, actually. I mean, I, I think that we, you know, we did play well against Dortmund when we played them away. And I'm thinking we need to go back to that because we veered off it. OK, Potter will say because the medical department said he couldn't pick tired players, but we need consistency. He needs to start picking his best 11. He needs to start figuring out who it is because you know what? That's what he gets paid for. That's what good managers do. All right. So uh, to prove uh, to, to, to teach him as to how big, how to be a good manager, I give you my team selection, which is Kepper in goal, uh, Chilwell, uh, Silver, Badiashil and James. Okay. That's across the back four. Uh, Fernandez. Um, and even though, He's arguably stinking the place out a bit, and we don't quite know what's up with him. I, I'm prepared to give Kovacic another go. He's our most experienced midfielder. All right, so Fernandez and Kovacic as a two because he's four-two-three-one. I think Potter's kind of quite wedded to that at the moment. Mudrik on the left, although even though he's not pulling up trees, uh, Jao uh, Felix, as J.K. correctly calls him, because it was announced this week that he likes to be called Felix. Um, so there we go. Mudrik, Felix kind of in the number 10 role. Mount on the right, because Mount's bad form, can't last forever. And, uh, you know, I, I would pick Mount a million times over Ziyech every every week, basically. So I would pick Mount there. Although, I have to say, Sterling uh, did all right when he came on for, for a half. But I, I, I'm OK, I'm biased. I want Mount to start. Where I would deviate from what I suspect Potter will do is I wouldn't pick Havertz. I would pick Fafana because I thought Fafana did all right for half an hour or so. I'm, not, I'm surprised he took him off. You know, he needs to kind of, again, you know, get get some of these guys playing. So that's it. That's my that's my team selection, JK. I commend it to the house. I love it, Chidge. I love this bit. You don't know. <laughs> you, it amazes me every week, but I know you do. I know you do. I love it. I just I love looking at the little players. It reminds me of Sabutio. Um uh, I used to get cut programs up and stick all the names on the uh, on the Sabutio figures and in the boxes, paint them blue and white. Oh God, I was, I was, uh, I was such a fan. Um, but an era of Barry Bridges and Terry Venables. Uh, um, uh, no, he won't play Mount. He'll play Sterling. I thought Sterling came on and was excellent. It was quicker, quicker than I, I I can remember. I don't know what. It was almost as if he needed the time off. Looked really, really dangerous. I've been very, very good. Looked very good indeed. Unfortunately, didn't score with that header because they, you know, they were mad and the bloke who headed the stopped the ball on the line then, you know, practically had a cardiac arrest. He celebrated so much. Um, but um, 
and he won't play Fofana. He'll play Havertz uh, just because I think he thinks that's a better combination. And I think it will be a better combination. Um, and I agree with you. I think he'll, Kovacic is worrying, but I, I think he'll give him a chance. I just, I just find and people, some people had a go at that, that footage of uh, in the, um, uh, in the tunnel of, of Dave trying to get them all G'd up and Kovacic looking at the wall. But I actually found that quite telling because uh, normally you would give eye contact to your skipper. I mean, whether it is that they all appreciate that Dave shouldn't be playing anymore, I don't know. But Dave shouldn't be playing anymore. Should come on as a sub. All he's playing with well, the back. He won't be this week. Hey, no. Yeah, no, he won't. He won't. Of course he won't. He said he wouldn't be in the press conference because he got smashed in the face. But no, just for the future. Um, uh um, but yeah, uh, you give Mudrick another go, absolutely, just because of the potential there. And Chilwell definitely needs to play left back. Um, even though I was sitting next to Ron at the weekend, he says, I don't write Chilwell. So well, there you go. All. Proof of proof, Nita, that Chilwell is world class because yeah. Ron knows yeah. fuck all. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. Ron, he played with Johnny Bumstead, Ron, though, so I can't really be too. Well, worried. I prove my point yet again. How? How? <laughs> because the players in the Bumstead area were a bag of shite. <laughs> Apart from Bunners, it was wonderful. Oh, okay. Thanks, Chidge. Good. Bunners had Paul Gascoigne in his pocket at no, Gascoigne's height. Hey, I know, Bunners. I loved him. I loved yeah. him as a. Yeah, I loved him. I loved Don't him ever, as... ever come at me against Bunners, mate. I'll fight anybody I... off. Excuse me. I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> well, you can see how defensive of him I am, even if you haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I'm I love him. I love him. Yeah, I me too. Me too. But I just think that he used to play with him. He used to play. They, they were mates. Him and, and, and Colin Pates. They're all mates. No, they're all Pates mates. is lovely yeah. as well. They, yeah. Yeah, they all play yeah. together. Anyway, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and Ron hates Mount as well. Thinks Mount's always. To be well, fair. Ron's a Millwall he, fan. Fuck off back to Millwall, Ron. Oh, no. Well, yeah, but he comes to all the Chelsea games because of his wife, Lynn. But anyway, uh, but anyway, but he said he, he kept saying, oh, Chilwell, for fuck's sake. Oh, fucking hell, Chilwell. I said, he did quite well there, Ron. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Anyway, no, I'd always have Chilwell in. Yeah, I'd always have Chilwell. So Chilwell and James. Chilwell and James. Silver, yeah, Badder Shield. Silver and Badder Shield is the much better combination. Well, through the valley, so, right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, stop interrupting me. Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, bloody hell. But yes, Kula Bally played very well, but Badder Shield needed, I felt, to be led by by uh, Silver a bit more. But um, yeah, Koulibaly last two games has been very good. I still yeah. don't think that means that he's going to play instead. Um, he was still lucky not to get sent off against Southampton. He was, he was. He, he's, he's, a, he's a red card waiting to happen, isn't he, all the time, Koulibaly. There's something about the speed is too much for him. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the one, situ- one, one player I'd say is a problem here. The two players are, I'd say Mountain, it, it, Fofana, Mount and Kovacic, I would disagree with. Possibly Gallagher may play. I don't know. I get the impression Gallagher's out of out of favour, which is such a shame because I love him to pieces, but I'm not sure he fits in in this environment. Mount needs to get his act together. Um, and I don't think he'll play, he'll play Sterling. And I don't think he'll play Fofana because he didn't do enough in that game, Southampton game, to make me feel that um, he contributes. And I think he'll play Havertz from the beginning. That's what I would okay, say. OK, well, I, I'll tell you another reason why, for me, Chilwell, James... Kovacic and Mount have to start is because Mount and James in particular know how important this match is to Chelsea supporters that you have to beat Spurs. They grew up with that. They know it. Kovacic has been here long enough to get that too and Chilwell is English so he'll get how important it is to beat your main rivals. Does the manager care about that? Probably not, mate, which is a worry for me. But these players do. So that's why I would have him in there because they'll every time he plays Spurs is a battle. You know, because they'll try and kick us and we need to stand up and front up to that. And I think those players get that. 
I think a lot of the new players won't. But anyway, I I like what you had to say, and actually, as always, you spoke far more. See, I, I pick I pick from the heart, and you you come back with the head. I like that. Um, Tony, what do you say? Well, I think he will play Habits instead of Mount. Um, Mudrick, <clears throat> uh, you know, <laughs> I'm seeing criticism as a lad already. He's had two games for us for Christ's sake, you know. Um, so I think people criticising Mudrick for. Not being particularly great in that last game or whatever, need to wind their fucking necks in and go and watch a few games of football to realise not every player performs brilliantly all the time. He's a good player, and when he comes good, he'll be lightning. Um, I agree. I think I'm not sure about Badashil. Uh, I think he's a good player, but I think Kulibali might have done enough. Um, I like Kulibali. I was a bit bemused. I know you've done the Southampton review, but um, there wasn't one. Kulibali must be. I don't know, he must be six foot plus and he looked like an absolute midget next to that Southampton number 12 last week. Um, if anybody doesn't know, Southampton's number 12, I, I can't remember his name, but I mean, honestly, he was three times the height of me, right? <laughs> so, you know, he was, Chilwell just looked like a little five-year-old next to him. Um, he was just, it was so funny to watch him going in and, and we, he, he, he made a couple of touches in Southampton and he was pretty good. So for the rest of the game, uh, we all you, all you could hear from all the people around me was he's got a good touch for a big lad, and then like you know. So um, I think he'll play Koulibaly. I think he'll play, and you couldn't slag me down on this, but I think Fafana won't start because I think that uh, a Yang will. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm getting grief on Mixler here. Michael Gibbon, yes, you. Yeah. For someone who complains about Mount being played out of position as often as you do. This is the second week in a row you've chosen Mount at right wing, Chidge. You're all over the place on this one. Michael, Michael, dear boy. It's not me who sets them up as 4-2-3-1. That's Potter, mate. I would set them up as 4-3-3 so that you could play Mount as as a number eight, which is his proper position, as he keeps telling everybody, including Graham Potter. But given that that Potter will pick 4-2-3-1, in my humble opinion, and as I said a minute ago, I want people like Mount playing on Sunday because... They know what it's like to play against Tottenham and how important it is to beat them. I will, I will. Okay, I admit being hypocritical in playing them out of position, but sometimes the needs of the the many outweigh the needs of the one, and this one in particular. I hope that is a reasonable defence of my decision, Michael. Anyway, good to have you in there, Adam. Bring some sense and decorum to it. Yeah, I think that's the back four. To be honest, I would go with Badiashil. Looks far better alongside Silva. His recovery pace, I think, is also quite important alongside Silver, which I don't think Kudabali quite has. I would quite like to see Zakaria play if he's fit enough because I actually think he would complement Fernandez really well. Whether or not he's fit enough is another question. I mean, he's been training for about 10 days to two weeks, so he might be. And obviously Kovacic isn't playing that well. I would quite like to see that. Whether or not it will happen, I'm not sure. I agree with Madrid. I agree with with Felix. I would play Sterling at right wing. I thought, as JK said, what what I think probably stood out for me and actually wrote about it this week, I quite like the fact that he was signed by Tuchel, and I remember Tuchel telling us uh, this in America, to be the leader of the attack. He's the experienced guy. He's won Premier League titles, X, Y, and Z. And I actually thought when he came on last week, he took a lot of responsibility. He was asking for the ball, even when he was marked. He was trying to turn and make things happen. And that's the Sterling that we all want to see more of. So I would definitely go with him on the right. 
And yeah, I would go with Kai Havertz up front. Why? I thought Chelsea looked better as a structure with Havertz on the pitch in that second half against Southampton. I thought collectively they worked better. I agree with you, Chidge. I thought Fafana had some nice moments. There's an element of unpredictability in his all-around game, which I think is quite nice. But I actually think it's probably better harnessed off the bench when Chelsea need a goal rather than leading the line. And for his for his faults, and look, we know Havertz isn't a number nine, really. We know he isn't a goal scorer. I did think once he came on against Southampton, the team as a whole looked more uh, like they knew what they were doing. So I would go with him and I wouldn't play Mason. And I understand the logic, what you're saying, Chidge. I get it. You do want those players in that team because they get it. And Mount was very good, if memory serves, against Tottenham at, at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Um, but his form isn't where it needs to be, I think, to start. And I don't really think starting him consistently when his form is, is where it is at the moment is actually helping him. Yeah. we. I mean, to be fair, we've been saying for the last few weeks he needs to be taken out of the firing line. So... Michael, you're right. I'm being horribly hypocritical here. I take it all back um, because I, I still stand by that actually. But I, I, I'm being, I'm, sw- I'm swaying myself as it were because I just think it's really important, you know, to have players who get what it's about, not just playing against Tottenham but beating Tottenham. You know, I mean, as we said earlier on, I won't, I won't revisit this uh, too much. But you know, right now, Potter needs to get the supporters on side. And I'm not saying that he'll be forgiven everything if he beats Spurs, but my God, it'll go a long way to helping. You know, I mean, hammering Spurs on... I mean, for God's sake, Adam, we've been watching Chelsea for many, 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 many years. There are players completely unworthy of it who have become cult heroes for scoring against Spurs. Giuliano no. Belletti, to to, to, to to name but one. Many others too. Marcos. Marcos. Shevchenko. You know, That's why you behind me here? Yeah, but Mark, Shevchenko, Mark Shevchenko, dog shit for Chelsea. Scored a Wells against Tottenham, and everything was forgiven. Gallus, I mean, I know he went a bit do lally in the end, but that last minute winner he scored against Spurs got us loving him. It really, really matters. So if Potter wants to get the fans a little bit more on side, beating Spurs is going to help. Losing is is disastrous for him personally. I think because it'll just the toxicity will ramp up anyway. Um. Here's a question. Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't know when JK loves when I plug my work. I wrote about a piece yesterday um, on this point, actually. I think Potter really does have to dial into this and understand the strength of feeling, I guess, between Chelsea and Tottenham and why it's so important. And and within this piece, I kind of framed it as you go back to Frank Lampard's time at Chelsea as head coach. The abiding memory is of him celebrating in front of the away fans at Tottenham. The big last incident with Tuchel was him getting Aggie with Antonio Conte against Tottenham. It does matter. And I really do think if he can understand that and buy into it and and try and harness it, it will do him a lot of good. Because, as you say, beating Tottenham, it's the first of a very long road for him to forge an emotional connection with supporters that he hasn't been able to do. So I think it's so important that he that understands that and uses it to Chelsea's advantage on Sunday. The joy of beating them at the Emirates on Sunday would be absolutely phenomenal. It'd be quite unbelievable considering they play at White Hart Lane. So sorry, they play at White Hart Lane. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that stadium though? What do they call it? They call the it the Hotspur Stadium. stadium. The toilet bowl. 
Anyway, I'll start again. I'm so not editing that out. The joy of beating that team at the London Stadium on Saturday. That's West Ham, mate. I know. It's a joke. Goodness (laughs) Was it? All right, sorry. The joy of beating them at the Orient State. Oh, shit. Yeah. The joy of beating them at at the Tottenham Hotspur White Hart Lane Stadium, just up the road from uh, uh, um, Bruce Grove, the station I should probably be getting out at um, on Sunday, uh, will be uh, phenomenal. I mean, it will be if they beat them, it will be heightened because of the fact that we've we've been so shit recently. Mm. Well, a lot going down, you know, for this. There is hope, JK. There is hope. Um, I mean, and this again is I mean, Potter needs to get his noodle around this as well. You know, you this is not a game to throw. It really isn't. This is where this is where sense goes out the window. Spurs have won just seven of 61 head-to-heads in the Premier League era against Chelsea. So they've, they've won six at home and they've won one at the bridge. Drawn 21, lost 33. Um, they've only lost more to Man United. Uh, and in the la- they've only won lo- one of the last 12 head-to-heads in all competitions. All right? Um, so that's, that's, you know, this is what it means. Um, we've only got, at the moment, one win from eight Premier League outings. Drawn four, lost three. And Potter's got, as we know, the lowest win rate of any Blues manager in the Premier League era, 29.4%. He's even below Ian Pot- uh, Porterfield, so we should be calling him Graham Potterfield, as I said many months ago. Um, last 10 games in all top competitions, uh, we've just scored four times. And we're on a seven-match winless run on the road in the Premier League. Failing to win an eighth would be our worst such streak since going 16 without a victory between 2000, April 2000 and March 2001, when I think... Hang on a minute, J.K. Uh, Ranieri or Viali? My mind's playing tricks with me. What would we be? Ranieri, wouldn't it? Yeah, it Ranieri. must be Ranieri. Yeah, the other tinker man. Um, one thing that was mentioned, Tony, was uh, Adam mentioned this earlier on. Of course, dear old Conte, um, you know, has had uh, he's had surgery. I can't remember what for now. Adam, what's he had surgery for? Gallbladder. Yeah, he's had gallbladder surgery, and he's still convalescing in in Italy. Um, the hilarious thing, I mean, you know, normally I would say, you know, if Conte's on, on, on the touchline, that's not good because, you know, he's, he's you know, he'll be well up for it, obviously. But actually, um, they weren't doing that well when he was here. And Christian Stellini, who's his assistant, has won all three games as the man in the dugout uh, when he's been in there. So I'm not sure whether it's good or bad that Conte's not going to be there. What do, you, what do you reckon, mate? Um. It's a tough one, isn't it? I, I personally would prefer the fact that Conte isn't there, I think, because if things go badly, what does Stellini do then? You know, would that that's the metal, isn't it? That's the that's the why Conte gets gets the big bucks and, and, and Stellini's his, his assistant. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he's how he would react now. I presume he's probably got an earpiece into Conte or some sort of form of contact going on during the game anyway. Um, but uh, I, 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 I'm not sure it makes that much difference in in the long run. I personally, I mean, I'm a big fan of Antonio Conte. I think he, you know, we treated him pretty shabbily uh, uh, under the old regime, um, and uh, I think he, you know, he, he but I, I don't think Conte has got the rapport with the Spurs fans that he had with our fans, with us. Um, I think that's what's missing when he's there. 
So perhaps it's just because this is like a break for him or whatever. Um, personally, I think, you know, I, I will go back to, well, no, we're not doing, we're, we're not on the predictions part of it yet, but um, I'm not sure it's a game I'm going to be prepared to sit in front of uh, on Sunday and watch because I think this, my stress levels might <laughs> mean that my two granddaughters who are coming over for Sunday dinner and my Fulham supporting son-in-law, whose dad is quite ill at the moment, but he's a Spurs fan, I, I think I might just end up losing all respect or what little respect I've got in the family anyway um, by, by by being a real horrible bastard for that game. Mm. Um, yeah, I, 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 Stellini, I'll give you, honestly, with, I saw him interviewed um, after the game on Sunday, um, which wasn't the greatest game, but when they beat West Ham, uh, I saw him pre-game and post-game. And I've got to be fair, he was pretty impressive the way he conducted him, held, you know, held himself as considering maybe this is an Italian thing that the number two or number three uh, coaches on the bench are, are all, you know, sort of well versed in in answering questions directly. Um, but he did come across very well. He did come across as as, as uh, quite determined. Um, whether or not it plays into our favour or not, I honestly don't think it makes a difference. Good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, J.K. I think. There are many prerequisites for this match other than Chelsea whooping Spurs. Um, but they to do so, I think they've got to be bang up for it. Absolutely at it from the get-go. Not like we started against Southampton. It requires some decent leadership on the pitch. Good luck with that. Uh, finishing, hello. Yeah, good luck with that. And pressing, which is also, I think, quite, been quite absent from Potter's teams. <laughs> Um, would you agree that that's what we need for Sunday? Especially the pressing. He, he hasn't seemed to have embraced that as a tactic, even though he mentioned it actually in the press conference, how they ought to be um, doing that. But no, I haven't seen, but I, I've, I'm afraid I've seen a kind of absence of tactics other than once again, perhaps the second half against Dortmund. And that's because they defended in a low block, you know, when in doubt defend against Chelsea and we kept possession and played the ball about rather nicely. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it's so dependent on the, um, as I said, on, on what team he picks. You know, I think if he picks somebody, um, if he decides to rest James for for some strange reason, which he, uh, you know, the way that he he said he needs, he played two games in a row for the Southampton game, so we had to we had to give him the medical staff said we had to give him a rest. Well, you know, um, who knows what's happening with them all? It's all very well saying they're fit, but if they don't think that they're they're up to the 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 rough and tumble of the local derby, you know. I mean, the worst possible thing could happen, of course, was that he then he, he gets another injury, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised actually. Uh, uh, well, I would be surprised, be very surprised, but you know, I, he may only last a half. I think the Dortmund game is the most important, and I, I, I fear that he may, um, he may not select a, a, the top team for um, uh, for tomorrow for Sunday. I really do. I don't think that. I think that team that we wanted to play, Chidge, which you set up there, I think may not make an appearance, because um, uh, uh, the, the Dortmund <laughs> game is is the season. You know, it's really irrelevant whether we beat of on on the kind of level of of um, where we are in the in the league table. If uh, I mean, obviously, all games, as you said, are important, and it's the next one. But you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. from if if it's not the team that we think, and he brings players on, or he takes players off strangely um and as i say that uh, james may only get a half but but let's see no they need to be they they need to be really up for it and if they play as well as they did in the first half again first 20 minutes against west ham then i think 
I think Spurs will find it difficult. But then then once they scored the goal, because Cucurella gave the ball away, um, uh, their heads went. So um, I, I, I think it's a very fragile side at the moment. And if Spurs um, press or, or score the opening goal, I, I think it's going to be very difficult for us. Yeah, indeed. I mean, Adam, I, 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 as it happens, I don't, I don't think Spurs are half as good as people are saying this season. I really don't. I mean... You know, I mean, they beat West Ham 2-0 at home last weekend. That's not a bad result. But West Ham, uh, I mean, I think they upped their game against us. I don't think they're very good at all this season for various reasons. They beat Man City, of course, at home recently, which was a bit of a turn-up. And they did play very well. They got absolutely walloped by Leicester away to them 4-1. And they lost to Milan uh, in the uh, in the Champions League. And we, we beat Milan over there. So that's a pretty poor result for them. I mean, I know overall, I mean, you know, I think we're going to have to stop doing this going back in time, looking at overall, because I think you can just say that's like prehistory. But I mean, in all against Spurs, we've won 77, uh, drawn 42, lost 55, which is quite an incredible record at uh, at um, Spurs in the Premier League, won 14, uh, drawn 10 and lost six. Um but it's and I mean you know as I said in the table they're fourth but uh, and we're tenth as we know so the, the the table never lies but I I just don't think they're as good as as people are making out I think they're still very Spursy and flaky so does that give us a bit of hope that if we actually do turn up on the day we can get a result Yeah it should do uh, speaking to some journalists today actually you've seen more of Tottenham than me they've they've said the same thing that they're not that impressive really they've got obviously probably one of the best strikers in the world and Harry Kane who makes a massive difference for them. They've got Son when he clicks, which he hasn't done too much this season. But they are not seen as a brilliant team. And there is some genuine surprise that they're fourth in the table. So you'd like to think if Chelsea can produce a good performance, they can come away with something. The the You'd like to think the odds at some point fall in Chelsea's favour because they should have won games that they have drawn or lost there has to come a point when that flips and that Chelsea win a game that maybe they don't deserve to win a game or they scrape a win or it, it cannot and, and I know luck is this really intangible thing that you can't measure in football yet every head coach says you need it I remember Tuchel talking about luck a lot in press conferences so I'd like to think if Chelsea can produce a good performance they will score a goal from a low XG chance or something like that. Suddenly it will happen and that gives the whole team a bit of belief and that can carry them through. And look, Tottenham have an inferiority, an inferiority complex. Tottenham fans do. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about it. They are very aware of the record. Every fan in that stadium will know about the record. Does that feed into anything? Maybe. If Tottenham go behind, there's that feeling of, oh God, here we go again. And I don't think Chelsea have conceded a goal at the new stadium. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chich. So, um, I can tell you if you bear with me a minute. When did they build the stadium? A few years ago. Well, put it this way: when we lost, <laughs> when we lost three-one to them uh, in November 2018, that was the match where Sarri put Alonso at left wing back and Son chewed him up and spat him out because both he and Jorginho are slower than me. That was at Wembley Stadium, where they also had the advantage of a massive pitch. Since then, we have won 2-0 at the uh, the Tottenham Hotspur uh, White Hart Lane Toilet Bowl Stadium. 
So that's 2-0 we won in 2019, 1-0 in 2021, and 3-0 in 2021 adam gets this week's prize for knowing a stat that none of us knew so there you go did they not score against us in the league cup yeah but as yes. Mourinho will tell you the league cup doesn't count that was on that, that was a that went to penalties it was one all wasn't it Werner scored i think and uh mount missed a penalty i could well that that might have been at stanford bridge no i meant the um the one when we were we played them away and uh when was that? Two seasons ago? That was last season because Rudiger scored, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't the one yeah. I thought it was. That wasn't Stanford. All Premier. right, I'm saying Premier League. They yeah, haven't yeah. scored against in the Premier League at their new stadium. No, no, so... I'll, I'll settle for that, Adam. I'll settle for that. Yeah. Can we? As long as that's we... repeated, then I'll get something. Richarlison hasn't been playing very, very well for them, has he? No. <laughs> he had an injury for a while. Has he been but... injured? Oh, okay. And, and I don't know if he's fit. How now. do you pronounce Hope Huberg? I never understood. Hoyberg. 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 It's, is it Huy, Huyberg? It's Huy, as in dead to Huy. It's Huyberg, okay. It's got a bit, a bit of phlegm in your throat. Huy, Huyberg. And Perisic is Perisic, is he? Or Pera, I don't know. He's a good player. I've always liked Perisic. He's a bit too old now. Yeah. If we we should have bought him when he was about 26. Really yeah. terrific. Yeah, definitely agree uh, with that. Who else is there? They've got Romero, haven't they, who won a World Cup? Have they got, they've got, um, Ham, what is it? Um, ro, ro, yeah, what's his, what's his? It's a, it's like the Pulp Fiction gag, isn't it? A hamburger Royale. Emerson Royale. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, Cheeseburger Royale. Um, Kulosevsky is quite a good player. Kulosevsky is quite good for them, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Apparently, one of the, well, they're apparently supposedly best midfield this season is obviously Rodrigo Bentancur. Yeah. He's injured. Because he's out with an ACL injury yeah. for about nine months. And so. Lloris. Lloris is a bag of shit at the moment, isn't he? Is, is he injured as well? They've got a, yeah. It's Fraser, Fraser Foster's in. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, who he's, he's got a rick in him, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm beginning to be more confident. Tony, where are you going with this one, mate? Uh, I'm going for, I'm not going to like this, but I'm going for a. Uh, a 3-0 to Spurs. No! Get out of town! I don't see where... Well, I can't see where we're going to get one goal, let alone another goal. Um, and I just think Spurs will be looking at us and thinking, Christ, if we can't take these on now and, and do them, I think they'll be really up for it. This will be one of their best chances to give us a uh, a, a bit of a slap. And um, I think they'll they'll be all over us. I really do. I, just, I'm, I'm, I'm that despondent that I cannot see us scoring a goal and I can see Spurs um, hitting us hard at home. Well, I'm I'm mortally depressed. Adam, cheer me up. Be, be more positive than Tony. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I see us scoring a goal, finally. It has to happen, surely. Well, JK and I sang a song last week saying, I'll never see a goal again. <laughs> It does feel like that at the moment. JK, where are you going? I think I think I sang it and you... Okay, you I did the Burt Backer a bit. I wrote it. You were um, uh, Dion Warwick and you sang it. No, no, I wasn't Dion Warwick. I was Bobby Gentry. Okay. Yeah. I still, I think you do a better, a better Dion Warwick. Adam has no clue who these people are. Bobby Gentry. No, it's um, great, great, great. Very, very attractive girl singer. I thought it was anyway. a bloke. I think we should just walk on by, really, shouldn't we? Yeah. Oh, Chidge. 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 I'm just going to... Um, well, JK's giving you the look of love there. Promises. <laughs> promises, promises is all I can say. Uh... Promises, promises. Um, they were all song titles, Adam, just to tell you. Just <laughs> I'll tell you what, you're going on Sunday, aren't you? And? Well, I hope raindrops don't keep falling on your head. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, huge. Oh, so good. So good indeed. So, so come on, yeah. what's, what's the score going to be, JK? I'm with Adam. 1-1. One, 1-1? One. One, one. Okay. One, one. Well, one, you know one, what? Yeah, what? I, I think you and Adam are on something here because I, I'm I'm actually going to go for nil-nil on the yeah. basis that we defend really well. Apparently, we've got the best, second best defensive record in the league, I think, to Newcastle, somebody was telling me. Uh, mm. uh, I could be wrong. How many goals, goals against? 23. Arsenal, 23. Oh, no. New, yeah, Newcastle have got 15. We got, yeah, so we, we're level with a few other people. So we're good defensively. This we know. If we've got Badia Shield and uh, Silver in defence and Chilwell and James, I'm, I'm, I'm filled with confidence there. We cannot hit. I will never see a goal again. I mortally believe that, I have to say. So I'm going to go nil-nil. And here here you go. You know you know the, the good old flash score people who, who I, I nick their preview from every week. They have a, they have a hot stat although for some reason they've called it hot streak so they've i think they've got a typo in there they're not they're not averse, they're not averse to the odd typo all the best publications like a good typo don't they adam indeed indeed i uh, did not dig at dig at football like london i was thinking more of the guardian anyway, <laughs> i think i did i snatch snatch uh victory out of the jaws of defeat there tony yeah. i do hope so anyway yeah. tottenham are the only premier league side yet to draw a home game this season having won eight and lost four. So I think it'll be a draw. Nil-nil for me. 1-1 one, one for JK. 1-1 one, one for Adam. Dearie me. Depressed Tony thinks it's going to be 3-0 yeah. to Spurs. Oh, yeah. Reverse psychology, Tony. That's what it is, mate. That's what it is. In the end, I think I'm doing the old, you know, if I if I, if I I live my life expecting disappointment, I'm never I'm never disappointed. There we go. Good, good, good defence, as uh, people in my trade would call it. Yeah. All right, let's hope Chelsea have a good defence on Sunday, that's for sure. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed tonight. Um, Adam, it's great to see you as always. We're very honoured and privileged to have you with us on a Friday evening, so thank you. No worries, thanks for having me. Mr Glover. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I love I love doing these Fridays. Yeah. I, love Monday, I, I like the sport. Fridays, yeah. They're this, perfect. Is more, this is a bit more relaxed yeah. in the sense that we haven't had a game. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've, I've had six days or whatever it is to, to calm down. <laughs> Just... You know, I was sat in the back of the car and I thought, I'm going to do my CFC observations. I thought, oh, fuck, I'm <laughs> One, that's it. We were shit. Potter out. Realize, you know, be succinct. But no, it's been really good fun. So. Go. And, and if, in my heart of hearts, you know, all people thinking I'm predicting 3 new. I, just, I would love us. Uh, you would love it. Love it. You would love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mate, we've also got this show wrapped up in time for you to get your Ocado delivery. I hope you're impressed. Yes, it's 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 coming any second. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, JK, as always, delightful to see. You. Third time this week. How brilliant is that? It's, it's right. exhausting. It's exhausting, it's I know, but it's great fun. Well done. <laughs> Well done. You've all done very well. Right. We will be back on Monday for the main Chelsea Fancast show, of course, with me and JK and Martin Wickham. So Martin and JK will both have uh, been to the uh, White Hart Lane Toilet Bowl and uh, I shall be watching it from the safety of my armchair on Sunday lunchtime. Uh, having, having Actually, this is relevant. I shall be potting in my shed on uh, Sunday morning, Tony. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Don't worry. I've got I've got some plans. Slight dig, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we go. So uh, J.K. and Martin will both be going to the game. I won't be, which is a bit sad, but I will be watching it on their box. I shall be in simpatico with many unfortunate people who can't get a ticket. 
But we'll be back on Monday at 7.30pm, uh, looking back at the Spurs match, as I said. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Chelsea. Get into Spurs. Come on, Adam. You know you want to. Come on. Yeah. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.